Welcome to A Better Way with Real Estate, a podcast series hosted by real estate investor, Brian O'Neill. During each episode, we'll give practical advice for individuals and families navigating the many hurdles in the home buying and selling process. There is a better way with real estate that supports the goals and needs of your family, and we're here to help. Listen along as we help families like yours, one home at a time. Everyone, welcome back to another edition of A Better Way with Real Estate. Uh, Brian O'Neill, your host. And today we are going to be speaking with Oleg Komarnitsky. Uh, he is a local expert in real estate. He's a real estate broker. He's in Chicago. He's in uh, Des Plaines, more specifically. Uh, and we're going to be talking about a lot of topics today. I'm super excited. He's going to add a ton of value. Oleg, welcome to the show, my friend. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Thanks so much. Happy to, to be here. Love to yeah. share what I know. Great. You know a lot. Um, and, and we're going we're gonna to dive into that here in a bit. But I guess the first question I would have for you is, you know, expand a little bit on your background and then just like for the listeners, it's like, tell us, tell us how, what led you here? Like why real estate and how you got here? Well, it was, uh, I was in the logistics business. You know, I had a little trucking company. We got like five trucks. We were doing deliveries back and forth to uh, East Coast. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was time when I had, I was doing everything with my own money. And then it was time I had to go into that to grow. And I didn't feel like that was the place I wanted to, to be in. The industry wasn't, uh, I was, I was trying to find something that I would be more with people and meeting more people every time. And my girlfriend at that time, now she's my wife. She, she told me, Hey, I'm going to probably go into real estate. And I'm like, Oh, it might be interesting. I didn't even know what this real estate, you know, um, I was, I'm, I'm born in Ukraine and I came here in 2009. So I don't even, uh, really, I didn't even know what realtors do at that time. So, yeah. so in 2017, <laughs> I got, I'm like, okay, let, let me try and get the license, see what, where that goes. And I was interested in doing flips. I was interested in doing flips and invest for the cash flow. I'm like, okay, I get the license maybe, uh, just at least to know what's, what it's about, you know, learn what people do and uh, mm -hmm. see where it takes me. And then I was hooked. You know, I, I noticed one of the agents in my office. I went to Century 21 office. She was mm -hmm. doing a lot of sales and she was uh, selling like 50, 60 houses. I'm like, okay, I want to beat her. So I'm like, I, uh, that's my target now. I want to beat her. So I got hooked on sales and I started selling. And it was, I was focusing on the niche. I'm uh, focusing on a very small niche. It's Ukrainian Russian community here in, in Chicago. Mm. And uh, that's, uh, it, was, uh, it was pretty easy to get going. Uh, no, going was not easy. First seven months, it was tough. I was, I was, the first property I sold was after seven months in the business and it was to myself. I bought myself a condo and <laughs> yeah. my friend bought it for me uh, two months later. So it was, beginnings were tough, but then it got going pretty good. So I just focused on the Ukrainian Russian community. And now this year we grew, you know, we're going to probably close 120, 130, maybe even more transactions. Um, wow. And wow. now I opened up my own office, my own brokerage with, uh, we now have eight agents. So we're going we're gonna to get, uh, get going this year. We're doing a lot of content as well. So uh, I'm focused on sales. I invest on the side. You know, I buy properties for myself. Sometimes I even did one flip, but I'm not, you know, even though I was interested in flipping, I, mm -hmm. I, never, I never really did them. You know, it's just, uh, I, always, I always like to focus and stay in the lane. Mm -hmm. As soon as you start doing multiple things, you lose your focus. Now you have two, three, four week flows. So I'm trying to stay at stronger one flow and uh, just, 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 you know, 
focus and then and grew that way. I agree a hundred percent. So, um, and that's probably why you've uh, had such success in a short amount of time. You started, you, you got your license. What year was it? 17? 17. Yeah. Okay. So you're, 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 you're poised to do 130 uh, transactions this year, which is great. So if I'm adding correctly in four years, you, you, you've really scaled this thing up and it's, it's, I would say it's because of your, your focus on one thing and then your niche too. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit more about that, but am I tracking with you correctly? Yeah. Yeah. The niche was something that every time I get somebody asking me questions, new agent wants to grow. I always try to find a niche, even if you're like, for me, it was easy. You know, I speak Ukrainian, so I focus on Ukrainian. We're tight. People that speak Ukrainian, they want an agent who speaks Ukrainian. Same thing with Russians and everything else. But then if you're, you know, were born and grew up in America, then you don't, you speak only one language, right? So what do you do? You just, you, you probably focus on somebody you grew up with, you went to school and you, you try to make content around that, that theme and that, that how I would, uh, and then also like meeting new people and trying to use these technologies that we have now, Instagram, Facebook, just to yeah. remind yeah. themselves that you're a realtor. So that's, um, you know, I would, I would, I also did a lot of other things. I did a lot of cold callings, door knockings, mailers, everything else. It was just, it was just being like, um, just general to the, like the same marketing to, to all the public. And I would, I would always start from the, from the bot, you know, I would be, there's nothing that I can always build on. Like the Ukrainian community, I can always build on the, some of those people already know me, they refer me. And then these mailers and door knocks, they, they didn't really work. They didn't yeah. do pretty much for me, but I got some business, but it was not scalable. So got it. So then there's a is there a niche inside? So you're mainly with your know, Ukrainian Russian uh, community. How about inside of that? Like, is there a specific, you're obviously an expert in authority in that space. Is there, um, a certain like range of houses that you work in within that specific niche, like price range or, you know, areas. Yeah. Well, well, obviously I started pretty low, you know, they, they would contact me for low condos, mm -hmm. one bedroom, two bedroom condos and their investments, you know, let, let's buy something to rent out. Not, not too much of a commission, but then these people would buy houses for themselves and sell. So now I'm all over the, you know, I'm, I'm I could, we cover all the big areas here. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we sell anything, you know, even if it's a $7,000, $70,000 condo, but in 2021, there's no more of those, you know, there's not, not that many of those left. Everything's a hundred thousand at least for right. all condos. So, uh, but we're, we, you know, we, there's no like price point or location that we focus. We here, I live in Park Ridge office in Des Plaines, but we cover everything around it. Not so much in the city, uh, more of the suburbs, a lot of our, clientele is going away you know they're moving to further suburbs the, mm -hmm. the land is cheaper the construction costs the same so the, the prices are a little bit lower so it's uh you know yeah. i think these further suburbs are growing pretty good right now yeah. we were talking about that uh before we started that there's a lot of people uh you know migrating to the suburbs and, and leaving leaving the city um uh, because of what's happened uh, in the last couple of years with the pandemic yeah yeah there's so many like cities like Algonquin, Carpenterville, and Huntley. They've got areas where there's like 12 builders targeting the same. They're like building micro cities right now there. Yeah. And um, there's like you you walk you drive in and there's like this builder there, this builder there. You go there. There's like 10 signs, 10 different buildings. You go which way, you, which builder you need. You just follow the direction. They're That's like right. all over that, all over these neighborhoods building building properties. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, there's it, demand. Demand it is. is there. So. 
It certainly is. Well, that's a good segue into my next question for you, which is going to be, you know, I'd like your take on, you know, everyone talks, we're talking about this for a long time, the status of the market. I mean, and I'm going to ask you specifically, you know, for the Chicagoland area. So, I mean, what is, what is your take? You know, what are you, what are you seeing out there in terms of the status of the market? Well, status, I, I, you know, we were uh, in the end of August, August, we got a little slow down. We were slow for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Now it's, now it's back up again pretty busy but i see that now we see price drops uh, a lot of houses are now reducing prices and a lot of people are not listing so we're short on listing we put everything uh, we, uh, everything we had on the contract mm-hmm. uh, we need more listings we're we're you know we need those, those houses we got a lot of buyers that need places they can't find but not everything's selling right now too you know that uh, sellers would 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 think that everything is going so fast they put even higher prices but now we, we got we got we see even uh, price drops i think that um, you know interest rates are not moving anywhere they're going to be probably around three uh next year so we're probably going to see um like they predict three or four percent appreciation for the next 2022 right see what happens but it looks looks pretty strong i don't i don't see any any signs of any crashes or anything pretty healthy market. A lot of people that are buying are buying not because they want to resell it week later and make money. They're buying with a down payment. They're not putting zero down yeah. payment. You know, they're buying with their real cash. And I saw the statistic, there's like 50%, 40 or 50% of homes are paid off. So there's a lot of capital. Yeah. And um, But there's still that million houses or like little ass homes that are still in forbearance. And we don't know what's uh, what's there. You know, they, they talk about modification. I don't know if you heard that they were going to make those loans 40 year longer to reduce the payments. They were planning to do that. I don't know if they, they're going to do it or not, but that's, uh, you know, we, we still, we still don't know what's happening with those almost million dollar forbearance issues. We don't, you know, we don't No, You dropped some great uh, nuggets there. I just could to tell me the percentage on the appreciation again, what the forecast is. I think you said it was forecast. Is, they say three to four this year. We got 12 in Illinois. Right. 12%. What, I think. That's what pretty much close to national, but the next year they predict three to 4%. Okay. Which is, I mean, 12% is like unheard of here. I mean, it doesn't really happen uh, that often. So that's great. Um, One thing you said that really resonated with me. And I think, and I always ask this, it's like, I just don't understand why people take their homes off the market. Like if you want to sell, like sell, right? Like put the home on the market. You just said it. There's plenty of buyers out there looking for properties. Well, who knows why, you know, sometimes people like they try to, okay, I heard the market's good. Let me try to sell. And mm-hmm. uh, we, we're trying to, uh, you know, high price and the market is not, you know, taking it and well, okay, we'll, we'll sell in spring. You know, prices are going up that we heard, you know, so right. we'll wait till spring and it's going to be even higher. So maybe but, they're really you know, not hundred percent motivated at this. We time. are on, we don't have enough uh, new construction. That's the problem. I heard, um, uh, in the news, I think we got 2 million homes that should have been already built, but we don't have them. That's, that's something that we are, you know, we're missing. That would fix the demand issue. Right. Yeah. I agree. We have more people that want to buy less than want to sell. And even if, if you if you pick it, either neighborhood, there's, there's not enough listings. There's just, just, it's just so dry. And you look at the house, they're like, there's nothing to buy. we got to wait. So what do you, and I agree with, you know, depending on who you talk to nationally, I mean, we're short anywhere from like five to 9 million housing units. It just depends on who, on who you speak to. I mean, you, so there's a big, big shortage uh, of, of, yeah. of housing units now. So you mentioned something on the, on the buyer side, like, what do you, 
what do you tell your buyers who are like ready? You know, they're, whether they're first time home buyers, they just need to buy a property. There's nothing out there or, you know, there's, there's not a lot of choices. Like what's the conversation look like with buyers? What advice do you I remember, I remember the beginning of 2021 in February, I'm driving back from one of the showings and I'm like, I'm probably going to not work with buyers anymore. I thought that for real, because it was super tough. You can't find, once you find, there's 10 people or sometimes 20 that put offers Mm. and you have to compete. You have to go over ask and you don't get it. And then next one comes who knows when, if it's going to even come. And I'm like, Oh my God, this market's crazy. I'm going to stop working with buy. I'm going to really. And then for some reason it started, uh, we, we, we start, I I learned the game because 2021 is different from every other year. If If I'm representing the buyer, I'm now not negotiating with the other side. I'm now, selling my buyer to the listing agent. I'm selling, this is the best buyer. You got to pick this one. He will perform. He will close. That's that's the game we're playing now. And the first thing we tell a buyer, you do two things. You either overpay or you don't buy. That's that's how it is in 2021. You have to be okay with overpaying. That's that's the only way to get the house. And that was tough in the beginning. I, I remember th- those days. I'm like, that's it. We got to always, we're going to focus on sellers, no more buyers. Things are selling super, super fast. You don't even have to have no skills to sell. You just put the address, click on MLS, enter, and it's sold. That's it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, with the buyers, you it's so much work. You're, you're you're almost begging these listing agents. You're like all over them, you know. Give me, give me the contract. We we promise we'll we'll be the best buyer. You know, it's and then it, the other the other agent comes in, and like sometimes even stuff goes on the contract, you know, sometimes agents put a higher offer and the sellers would kill the contract and then take the other buyer, even though they're not supposed to do that. But yeah, it was wild. But then, you know, back to your question, what do you tell the buyer when, when, you know, how do you handle the buyer? It's just, it's just, uh, first thing, if, if the property goes to the market, you got to see it right away. There's no chance. There's no Saturday. There's no, you know, let's, let's go in a couple of days. You got to go today for sure. And then be ready to overpay. Even if the houses on the block are selling for less, doesn't matter. 2021, baby, it's higher. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's just how it is. There's, it's either you overpay or you don't buy, but yeah. then, you know, you, you try to, you try to be also, you know, don't, you don't pay too much, but we've never had with all these hundred and uh, we, so far we closed 103 houses this year. We always dealt, we only, we only dealt with two appraisal issues, maybe, maybe three, maybe two. All of almost all of them went over ask. Almost all of these homes went over ask. We only we only deal with a couple of appraisal issues, but uh, yeah, you don't you don't try to you know, you always try to get it for as le- as little as possible. But it, this year it's you ha- you have to you know you have to go higher. But uh, not always, you know it depends. Sometimes it, we negotiating prices right now. There's houses and displays. We got twenty thousand less of uh, what they're asking. But you know it's uh, uh it's been sitting on a hundred days so. Right. These work. Yeah. So there are, there are homes that aren't flying. It's off rare. It's, it's rare, but it still exists. And, and those are, those sound like they're opportunities. The, the good, the good measure is like how long it's been in the market. Like if it's a week, two weeks, then, you know, you can start trying. Sometimes yeah. it's been a month. We've had situations where it's like month on the market. We put an offer all of a sudden there's another offer where you, where are you coming from? You know, you were in there. It was sitting for 90 days. Where, couldn't you buy it before us or, or just, just wait a little bit, come in right in the same day. Yeah, you know, and it's, yeah. uh, we we've had that, but you know, if if it's sitting on the market for two weeks, that's already something that that could be negotiated. Got it. Okay, so your 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 advice to the to the to the home buyers is, you know, be ready to overpay or don't buy. I mean, I guess in a 
in a more stable situation where, uh, you know, because I, I think you probably agree this at some point, this will cool off. This isn't going to continue sure. indef indefinitely. Um, you know, what is a typical conversation with, with one of your clients look like who's trying to get ready to buy a home again, given that they we're not dealing with this frenzy that we're dealing with right now. The number one thing that the agent is supposed to do is get, get the feel from the listing agent, you know, find out how many offers is there. See what the what the story is over there. How much how fast the seller wants to close, you know, and see how the listing agent is communicating. Sometimes listing agent will tell you everything you need to know. If uh, sometimes I would ask, what do I need to do to get the house, and they will tell you, you know, you you know, I'll tell you right now. We got this this much offers. We we sellers looking to make a decision tomorrow, and then you keep you keep bugging the agent, you know, every every couple hours just to just to get that that clarity. Sometimes you might be number one and the best offer, and then hour before their decision, somebody else just or a higher offer. So you got to be always in, in contact with listing agents and just move that information and uh, convey it to your buyer. Yeah. And that's what I try to do. And then they make decision. You know, I'm just telling you, you know, it's probably going to go over. It, it, there's nothing we can do. If you don't want it, then, then leave it. Somebody else is going to take it, but got to be okay paying over or just, just leave it. You know, you're having your, I'm hearing you correctly. You're having communication with uh, the listing agent. You're that's having communication with your, with your, with your client. And that's super important. And even if your communication is a little blunt, like, Hey, you, you, this is what you got to take This is what you got to do to get the house. But you know, it just goes back to my uh, point of you need to align yourself with the right people. So uh, you need to find someone like Oleg who's sold as you know, you're, you're North of hundred homes. Now you're probably gonna do 130 this year. There's a reason that you do that is because you're going to bad for your clients. So you need to make sure you're finding someone who uh, knows the space, knows the area you're, you're working in, or you want to live in, I should say, sorry, uh, and who is going to go to work for you because that's what you're doing. You're hiring someone that's got, that needs to find you a house and it's, it, it's a job, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then the most important thing is to, you know, if, if the agent is sending an offer and not following up, gotta be crazy in 2021 not do that you know sometimes i even sell a house and i get an offer i don't hear from that agent he's not like come on you, you're not existing you know i want you to follow up with me i want if i'm a listing agent and i'm selling a house i want you to text me call me that that shows that you really feel that motivation from your client and you're trying to to let me know that this this buyer is solid sometimes deals falls apart and i'm at and when you're a listing agent you represent the seller that's the last thing you want that's the last thing you want the, the contract fall apart because now the seller thinks that the, his agent or her agent is, is not doing a good job. He doesn't know how to pick the buyer. So I, I kind of want somebody to keep, keep, keep following up, call me, message me, tell me that you're the best buyer. So that's what I'm doing when I'm representing the buyer. And that's what I'm teaching, you know, uh, my agents that joined my office, you know, mm -hmm. we got to be all over this, this listing agent just to, to get it. And sometimes I would ask the buyer, you know, on a scale from zero to hundred, how bad you want the house? Sometimes they want to just try. And I keep telling the listing agent, this is the best buyer. And the buyer's like, you know, I, I, you know, I, I feel like I don't want this house anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I want to ask the buyer, like, you know, how bad do you want the house? If you like hundred percent, I really need to get it. And I'm, I'm going to work. And sometimes it's like, I want to try mm -hmm. and okay, I'll just send an offer and just leave it at that. If, if that's, if that's what we're going to do. You're pretty, it's pretty clear that you're diligent on following up and, and, uh, you know, going to bat for your clients. Let's move to the seller side while, while we're on this, cause you're obviously representing, uh, many sellers as well. Um, how do you, I, I assume you have a similar communication strategy with, with your sellers, but you know, I've always found this process of selling your home to be confusing. It can be stressful. 
you know, I, I remember the first time I sold a house, I didn't know what to do. I'm relying solely on this person that I didn't know. And I probably didn't ask the right question. So, I mean, what advice would you give or, or how, what's, what should a seller be doing um, when they're looking for a broker? Probably first thing, if I was looking for a broker, knowing the business now, I would probably find someone I feel comfortable with, number one, mm -hmm. and somebody who is available. You know, that's important because uh, when the seller goes for sale, he's in the, or she, it's dark. They don't know what's going on behind um, the MLS, how, how much is activity. You kind of want somebody who would be giving you feedbacks a lot, mm -hmm. available on the phone. And also somebody who would um, generally build a business on um, relationships. It's important because some, some agents would be like, okay, I'm getting, I'm making five grand on this sale. I put in so much, this, this amount of uh, time into it mm -hmm. and I should, uh, I should be done here. You know, let the MLS do the work, you know, and nine o'clock, I'm not picking up the phone and, but then another agent is like, I'm, I'm losing money here. But then if I sell this house, clients interested, I get more relationships from, from this guy. And that's, the, that's probably the agent I would focus in. If I was the seller, mm -hmm. I would find somebody available that I can call anytime, or even though I'm not calling, he's calling first or she's calling first and giving me feedbacks. If, if the house is sitting right now, it's a little bit different game. The house is not sitting on the market. They sell fast. And now the seller needs somebody who can who can first educate them which which uh, offer is you know if we're talking about multiple offers yeah. which offer is is the best and also be able to follow up with the buyer's you know lender to make sure that the pre-approval or cash offer or, or you know proof of funds and stuff like that is is legit and um you know be able to to also handle the, the inspection negotiations just actively, not just, you know, let the, let the attorney handle it. Let, let, let the attorneys, you know, uh, do the yeah, letter exchanges, but just be active and, and protect the seller for not, not being on the contract for too long. And then the buyer go, you know, kills it. And then mm -hmm. you have to go back on the market. Sometimes you have to be active. And even if the buyer going to kill the deal, you're going to, you're going to know it faster and just move to another buyer. So they're not, they're still there. Then they haven't found the next house because sometimes, you know, you have multiple offers, you pick one buyer and then you're dragging, you know, you, you're negotiating the inspection stuff and then it falls apart. Oh, you go back to the list. Do you go, oh, who, who was the number two? Oh, that one already found the house. The third one found the house. Okay. Now we have to go back. We have to find a new list. Then you have to, you have to move it fast. And that's, that's kind of an agent. Uh, a good agent is supposed to do that. And you have to follow up with the buyers and, uh, and buyer's agent uh, fast. So, First is relationship driven and available and awesome. somebody who was, was, um, was, uh, probably a good fit for you. The fit is important. The personal touch, you know, something that you feel comfortable, the person, very important. Sometimes you may, uh, you may, you may see these agents that are, I'm, I'm the best. I know what I'm doing, but then you don't connect. Yeah. It's not gonna, it's not gonna be a good relationship. You're going to be mad probably after, after. I that. would agree with that because this is, you know, it, it has to be someone you, can trust, right? No love and trust yeah. to, to take it even a step further. I mean, this is for most people, we talk about this on the show all the time, uh, you're dealing with your primary residence is likely going to be the biggest decision from a financial standpoint and an emotional standpoint, because I think the emotions way bigger than the financial piece that you'll ever make or, or one of the top, right? So you, you said a couple of things that uh, really, I, I just wanted to go back and unpack a little bit. So you talked about educating the buyer on 
or the, sorry, the seller, educating the seller on how to analyze the offer. So multiple offers, like walk me through that. Like, how do you educate the seller? Okay. Which is the one? Cause price is great, but you need the one that's actually going to close. So to talk about further on that, if you could. If we're talking about the price, not all price offers are real numbers. Sometimes people would drop the price and they hope the appraisal comes lower so they can negotiate after the appraisal comes. Yep. The most important things is, uh, you know, you want to see motivation in the offer. Motivation means high earnest money, fast closing, or it depends on what the seller wants closing. So the agent is supposed to find out who represent the buyer, how fast or how long we want to, you know, how when we want to close. You know, as is, is pretty, pretty cool. Um, how much down payment is the buyer putting? All these things are important. The pre-approval, how much money is there? Uh, what kind of financing it is? All these little terms are something that now creates the whole picture. And then we go back and call the buyer's agent. And then we're trying to find out how long do you know the buyer? Who's the buyer? You know, how long you've been working with the buyer? How on a scale from zero to 100 you feel this buyer is motivated? You know, I don't want to, you know, how do, do you think this is going to perform? Some, some agents would be the, uh, quiet and answer questions. Yes or no. I don't like that. I like when the sell, the buyer's agent is selling the buyer to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm representing the seller, then I feel confidence. Um, um, you know, I also like when the, when the buyer's agent uh, says it's a friend of mine and they really know what's going on in that friend's how, uh, mind, yep. uh, head, you know, some, some there. Not always. You never know. You know, sometimes they, they wake up uh, in the morning and they're like, okay, I don't want the house. I'm going to have to cancel. But if you, you know, based on the conversation with buyer agents, I can make, make a lot of decision, you know? That's great. But also That's like great. looking at the paper is, uh, but if, if the offer comes and there's no follow-up, no tax, I'm going to tell the, the, the seller, you know, the offer came, but they didn't follow up with me. So I don't know. I don't like it. You make a decision. You know, we, Based on all these uh, factors, I think this offer is the best. And um, I I would base it on, on what I just said, you know, right. all these all these factors. And the most important one is when I talk to, oh, and then I got to call the lender too. Lender is important. Got to call the lender, fill them out. Some lenders call me first. That's really good. I like that so much. When the lender calls me right away first without me calling the lender, I might text the Oh, here's another test. I text the buyer's agent. Can you have the lender call me? And if the lender calls me, I know that that lender and agent have a relationship. And if the agent refers that lender, it means they've done deal together and that lender will perform too. Got it. That that I like a lot. I was going to ask you how you got the lender to call you, but you just discussed it. So you, yeah, I I asked the buyer's agent. Yeah. Can you, can you have lender call me? That's kind of like a little test. And if that happens, then that's very, but that's, not always, you know, that's sure. kind of rare. When that happens, it's almost, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, ref- I'll, I'll advise probably that's probably going to be a uh, best buyer right that's there. Awesome. That's great. Okay. Really awesome stuff there. I learned a lot. Um, inspections, you talked about inspections. I think maybe a lot of people on both sides might get hung up on the inspection piece, but you see, you said a couple of things about, you can't let this drag out too long. Otherwise, you know, the deal is going to fall apart. So yeah, maybe- when you're, when you're the seller, you never want the buyer to be in that period of inspection, negotiations, attorney review for too long because they keep looking at homes. And that's a window when they can kill the deal and move the move the earnest money, take the earnest money. So yeah. you, when you're the seller, you always want to move that fast and close the attorney review 
here in Illinois, that's what we have. If there are other states, listeners from other states, it's probably a little different. But here in Illinois, we got that five-day attorney review. Sometimes it becomes 15 and 20 days. And uh, you want to close that review and attorneys, you know, finalize it. They said this, this attorney review is concluded. Yep. That's when, okay, the buyer now is for real or, you know, or they, they kill it. Um, and that's what the seller wants. They want to move that as far as possible, because then if you have other buyers, you want them to be still, still active and still having, you know, so they don't have another house already that they, that they start liking. Yep. Um, and then also when you, when you drag that for the buyer, they keep looking. They keep, when you're the seller, you're not, you're not interested in, in the buyer picking, you know, when you're the seller, you want the house to close. So you're not motivated for the sell, for the buyer to find the best house for the buyer, right? You're the seller. You want to, you want to close and you want the money. So you want that to be, you know, but when I'm the buyer's agent, I don't, I don't care about this attorney review so much. I let it drag for as much as I can. So my buyer can be, you know, can, can evaluate things and see, oh, maybe there's another house that's going to come on the market next day. And we're going to, you know, we're going to be interested in that one, maybe. Mm-hmm. But when you're the seller, you want that close as soon as possible. So that's the listing agent job. Right. So the, the advice there with the seller is to act quickly on any outstanding inspection items, get them resolved so you can keep them resolved. Yeah. yeah. Keep, keep it moving right away. So the, the only thing we have now is financing or just, just, you know, if it's cash and move it closer. Yeah. hundred percent. Sometimes the, the condos are making it a little bit tougher. There is also like, if the buyer wants to find out if there's rental restrictions, this might start dragging for a little bit longer. Um, because then you have to have some kind of, you always wait for the documents for association. Usually they have it in their, uh, rules and regulations and bylaws, but sometimes, um, a buyer wants to make sure there's no like restrictions, like you have to live for a year, then you need that's written, written in the written form that might take a little longer, but, um, well, if the buyer shows, you know, an indication of that much interest, then. There's nothing really you can do about that. The, the condo right. association is going to work on their terms. So you can't really speed it up too much. You have to deal with the associations no matter what. And sometimes the villages, the villages have their own inspections as well. If you, especially if you want to do a rental, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. Villages. Yeah. Some villages have their you know, pre-sale inspection and uh, pre-closing inspection too. You have to go through that, but that's, uh, that's okay. That doesn't matter with uh, some, that doesn't matter with the tournament review. We just have to have that, you know, passed before the closing. So that, that can be done without uh, right. you know, holding up the attorney review. That's, that's, that's a little that when you go, the house goes on the contract, that's just the beginning of, you know, of the process. It, it's not sold yet. All right. So you just said something I wanted to ask you about. So, and you touched upon a lot of these already, but let's talk, let's walk through a process. Like, what does that look like? Because I, I really firmly believe that most sellers and maybe even buyers don't really fully understand what the entire process looks like timelines like who's involved and and uh so maybe if you could just you know do like a ten thousand foot view on like what the typical process looks like and for the seller for the seller yeah for the seller yeah yeah exactly what are the expectations okay let's start from all the all the way from the beginning let's say we we already listed the property we would say we we hit the market yep two three three scenarios we either we either start uh, uh getting showings we either start getting showings and then offers or we get multiple offers and then another one, we get no showings. So no showings mean we are too high. Showings and no offers mean we were close. You know, and offers means, you know, we got to either wait for more offers to come or just start picking one of them. So let's say we already we already found the buyer. We already talked how to pick one. We, we found the buyer. We signed the, the contract with the buyer. Mm-hmm. 
This contract now from the seller side, let's say we sell it, we go, it goes to the attorney. And now we want to speed up. Let's, 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 uh, uh, let's have the buyer deposit the earnest money and let's have them schedule inspection. And after they do all these things, sometimes they want to do additional inspection. Sometimes they found malls. Sometimes they want to do a radon inspection. Mm-hmm. If we go through all these inspections and negotiation and the earnest money is delivered and everything is negotiated between attorneys, let's say the buyer wants you know, something fixed. They want some money for some, some credits. You can always say it's as is. On the contrary, if when you sign a contract, you can always say it's, you know, I'm not fixing anything. It's as is. Sometimes the probate sales or like, you know, family members selling house. They, they don't know what's going on in the house. They don't want to know it. And they tell their agent it's going to be as is. Then, um, you know, let's say we, we're done with all these negotiations and the money is deposited and the attorney review is concluded. All we do now is just wait for the, for the, uh, for the buyer to get their mortgage. And as soon as they get the mortgage, they get the clear to close. We know that the attorneys exchanged letters and they let us know that we're, we're already ready to, to schedule the closing. Then we have to be out from home. You know, we have to let the, you know, vacate, vacate the house. Mm-hmm. Buyers come in one more time, check out the house. Sometimes there's negotiations going. There's something left that shouldn't be left. Sometimes they yeah. took something they shouldn't have taken. And that, you know, if, uh, if, if it's connected to the house, it's screwed in and nailed in, then it should stay. It's called fixture. If it's, if it's personal property, it's movable, then it should go. Sometimes people leave a lot of stuff. Sometimes they, they take too much. Yeah, <laughs> so there's yeah. sometimes negotiation in there involved. And and sometimes it's all the way at the closing table. Good good thing that uh, sellers and buyers don't meet at the closing table anymore. Right. Sellers don't go there. Yeah. It's all but, down through the phone if there's negotiations. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, yeah, and then that's it. That's a, there's a closing and sellers don't go. Usually they get their check mailed in or, or get it uh, wired in. And that's great. So that's that's kind of like, and there's either topic we grabbed. There's so much more that we can that we can talk about. Yeah. There's so much we always learn. Each transaction is, uh, there's something always to learn. I remember that first time I did the condo and for some reason, Lender says, I can't finance it. What happened? What happened? It's a cheap condo. Can you can you find the money for yeah, the cheap condo? Yeah. And he says, like, there's 30% uh, ownership of one person who owns and rents. That's an issue. You know, somebody, yeah. there's one entity that owns 30% of ownership and they are renting. So now lender probably thinks, you know, they, they're going to eat up the whole condo and who knows what happens with prices. Mm-hmm. So they, they feel like it's a, it's a threat. And so they don't, yeah. not everybody's going to lend. That process you just described was awesome. So uh, I'm just going to ask one, a couple follow-up questions. So with the mortgage, like if they're getting a mortgage, roughly how long does that take once the attorney review is completed and, you know, we're, we're moving forward? Like what is the typical timeline that you're seeing with mortgages? Well, right now, 30 to 45 days. Sometimes it was, um, I've got a lender who closes in 20, 21 day, mm-hmm. uh, but sometimes it takes longer. Two or three K loans take four, 60 to 90 days. Yep. A rehab kind of loan, FHA 203K, it takes a little longer. Um, but typically, you know, 30 to 45 days, sometimes even sooner. Depends on the buyer. You know, buyers are supposed to produce, uh, give documents to the lender as soon as they can. Yep. The sooner they give it, the faster it's the closing. Got it. Okay. And then I'm going to ask you to repeat the three scenarios, which I thought was really insightful. Uh, I, I'm just going to see if I can remember them. It was no showings. No showings mean we're too high on the price. No showings means we're too high. Showings, but an offer means we're close. And then we got offers. Then you got offers. There's three scenarios. Okay. Yeah. 90% of the whole game is price. But then when the market is not as sometimes now you can even put the house with no pictures, it will sell. But when the market shifts, you got to do the marketing. 
So that's another that that's additional 10% where you're going to win. Price is super important. How difficult is it for you to talk to sellers about price? They keep talking about the emotional piece. Everyone thinks their house is worth likely what of it course. is. Right? Of course. Of course. Oh, they always want a little more than it's worth for sure. But that's okay. You know, that's normal. Yeah. A lot of people would, sometimes they might not even know. Sometimes they would say that uh, um, they want less than it's worth. And, um, but it, that's rare. Usually they won't want more than, it, than it's worth. And that's okay. We could try. And um, but the, the only thing I say, it, my personal opinion, I think we're going to probably should be a little lower, but let's try it. No problem. Let, just so we feel comfortable. We got to feel comfortable when the seller says, okay, I, I, I'm sleeping at night, but I feel like we didn't price it well. Then, then we got to price it high. So the seller feels comfortable. Yeah. Time passes and then they know, okay, whew, now I know it should have been a little lower. But How much that, time do you normally let pass before you say that? So like, look, I, I not. Well, it depends. Okay. Depends on the market. If the market is uh, we in the, uh, January and the market's slow, we got to wait at least probably two weeks. If the market is right now, we got to wait probably a couple of days. You know, okay. it depends. Depends. Like recently we post, we put a house on a busy street. We put a house. I knew right away in two days. I knew that we, it's too much. And we dropped it in a week and uh, we dropped it again. And then we got to buy it. So it's, uh, it's, you, you got to, in the market like that, demand is so strong. It gives you a response right away. You even yeah. know it like within a day, you know, right away that you're too high or not. Mm. Um, but let's say if the, if the market's slow, then it normally it's uh, two weeks, two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. Which isn't an unreasonable amount of time. It's just, I like the way I like your approach because I, I, you know, you're, 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 you're saying to the seller, yeah, let's try it. Cause that was me. I was like, you know, Hey, I think it's worth this. And she was like, yeah, well, let's try it. And we didn't get that. But when I was, yeah, when I was, I haven't sold any of my person, uh, my properties. I keep, I just keep buying now I'm accumulating uh, real estate. But when I was selling uh, trucks, when I was in a trucking business, I was selling my trucks. Yeah. I would start high. If somebody would, I remember I was got, I got an offer. I'll tell you, I was uh, selling the 40,000. I was uh, listing my truck for 40,000. And my, uh, one of my friends said, I'll take it for 30. Yeah. And I'm like, no, man, come on. <laughs> 30, you're kidding me. I sold it for 27 later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I sold it for 27 because, uh, you know, I had to try 40. I have to keep trying. And I saw that it's not going to work. I kept on dropping. And finally it was 27. Should have taken his offer. But, uh, I felt even, you know, I should have gone through the process of just experiencing the, the market. It was not, it was not where I wanted. That's right. And yeah. And then for my first, very first listing, I remember in 2017, my very first listing, it was, it was super tough. I worked on it a whole year Uh and we had a hundred thousand over, uh, over where we should have been. We have the 500 something. We sold it for, for exactly 400 something similar to, and, uh, uh, and, the seller, when we were at the closing, we were like, after the closing, we were talking and she's like, we should have, you know, it was, it was tough. We should have priced it much lower. And I'm like, you know, but you went through the process. Now, you know, that we, we couldn't sell it at that. Now, you know, that this price is correct. And she was like, you're right. You're right. I would feel, I would feel much, much worse if I just listed at that. We sold it. And I'm like, I should have probably tried higher. Yeah. Because they did some work with, uh, yeah, they have to go through the, just, Sometimes. just to know that we tried it. It didn't work. This is, this is the number. Sometimes you do. Um, this is great stuff, Oleg. So uh, before we r- wrap up here, I'm going to ask you, to, you know, for your contact details here, so we can get in touch with you. But was there anything you wanted to share with the audience that I, I, I didn't ask you, or you know, that we didn't get to discuss today? Please. Well, you know, if if uh, if the agents are listen uh, listen us, then um, the most important, and I probably think that it's it's only not only this year but next year, 
remember to always, uh, if you're representing Dubai, to you know follow up with the listing agent. Make sure you get all the info you need, and not only need but all the insights, all the insights you gotta grab from them. When you're a listing agent, make sure you focus on building relationships with sellers. That's important. That's something that will. That's that's playing the long game. That's a marathon. You don't care about the market. You will always be winning. Uh, buyers, you know, for now it's tough. Uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna probably be the same next year. It's it's a lot of competition for for buyers, and for sellers, looks like it's uh, it's gonna be a good market. Other than that, I think that uh, we're growing. We we're looking to to do 333 transactions next year, hopefully. That's the number we're targeting, and we have big hopes for the market. You know, market's looking good, even though the if there should be a dip somewhere, we're gonna see where it's gonna be. Probably, maybe not next year, maybe a year after that, we should be seeing a dip. Should be coming, but not nothing uh, crazy, I think. But depending on what the, I'm still questioning that forbearance number. What where is that gonna? What's gonna happen there? Uh, they're still there. There's still some of those. And if those go to foreclosure, maybe we'll go get some hit on the market. Yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll see. We'll see that. Yeah, but, nobody knows just yet, but uh, we'll have to. But I have a out. feeling they're going to do the modifications. I have a feeling they're going to help these people who are not paying. Yeah. Uh, hold on to homes. So so it's not, you know. Probably have to. That's a, you know, it's. it's yeah, uh, I, I have yeah. a feeling it. There's no crash. Looks like. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. It looks but, good. We'll see. Oleg, how can how can we get in touch with you? How can people get in touch with you? Where's, where do you want to send them? My email is good. Uh, okay at comarrealestate.com. K-O-M-A-R realestate.com. My phone number, you know, 847-235-0305. And I'm also on all the platforms, you know, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We got two channels on YouTube. We got just, just started a second one. Our office called Comar, you know, K-O-M-A-R, just a yeah. short of my last name. Um, so that's the name of the second channel on YouTube and uh, my full name, Oleg Komarnitsky. We got a YouTube channel there. So I'm all over the place. You're everywhere. Google. That's what, yeah, that's what you're trying. saying. We'll leave yeah. all those links in the show notes. And, um, you know, I really appreciate you educating the listeners today. That's what this is all about. And, um, I, I know you've, you, you've reached a lot of people today. So thanks for taking the, the time out of your busy schedule to, to talk to us. Uh, we really thanks, appreciate Brian. it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone, uh, enjoy the rest of your day. We'll uh, see you back for the next episode. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Better Way with Real Estate Podcast. We would greatly appreciate if you left us a rating and review so we can continue to help you and others navigate the many hurdles of the home buying and selling process. Visit bkwpropertysolutions.com to learn more. And remember, there is a better way with real estate.